Abby Thatcher, and this is Mod Libs, the podcast I wanted to make about modern librarians. Mod librarians. You get it. I wanted to use it to talk about modern issues and joys that come with being a librarian or a librarian information science student like myself. Today we are going to talk about the ever-controversial topic of banned books, and we will get insight from someone in publishing and a public school librarian. So our first guest is an English expert in expert on English, expert of English. Well, at least she speaks it better than me. Tori Thatcher, my sister and freelance book editor, Shout out to ToriEditorial.com. You don't have to pay me for that promotion, but if your heart leads you to, you may. So yeah, can you provide some insight into maybe like definition of banned books or historical examples? Sure, yeah. I um, A banned book is a form of censorship that occurs when private individuals, governments, or organizations remove books from libraries, schools, reading lists, or bookstore shelves because they object to their content, ideas, or themes. This is the most common form of censorship that I think we see today, but it's not just a modern issue. This goes back to the beginning of time. Um, One of the first recorded examples of banning books happened in 259 to 210 BC. The Chinese emperor Shi Huangti is said to have buried alive 460 Confucian scholars to control the writing of history in his time. Um, He thought that by destroying all historical records that history could be said to begin with him, Um, which Mm -hmm. is just beautiful that's crazy too it's not just like i think we think of the worst example of like burning books but he literally buried the authors yeah (laughs) (laughs) we both grew up in texas and that is where we're seeing a lot of challenged books now what do you think about that um being a product of the Texas education system, do you think that we had serious censorship when we were in school? Did you think that affected what you were choosing to read or totally allowed to read? I mean, I mean, growing up, we weren't allowed to read Harry Potter. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, I think... Classic censorship starts in the home. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, I, I think that those books... The Harry Potter series is um, creative and imaginative and talks a lot about good values of friendship and courage. And so I think that, you know, we kind of missed out. Uh, And I think that if had we been able to read those books at a younger age, I think that it could have opened up our reading world to... A whole new genre of books that we really liked and could learn from and so I do think that censorship within what you read definitely has an impact even if even 
when you grow up, I think that what you're exposed to, if it's limited, then um, you are just kind of in this like smaller circle and the smaller circle has the light and everything else around it is dark and you only know what what you know like it's hard to expand beyond that I think right going to college was like flashing the lights because it was like oh there's other stuff out there oh I can consider the fact that evolution could be real (laughs) yeah totally or like oh people are introducing themselves with their pronouns Mm -hmm. yeah that was huge taking more control over their identity mm, um, than what culture has yeah. told them to. So I think that, yeah, definitely, I, I mean, that's why education is so important. Right. Education and publishing and literature uh, all go hand in hand because they expand our worldviews and I think they make us more compassionate and empathetic people because we're learning more from other people's experiences and we're not keeping so much in the dark. What banned books outside of Harry Potter have you read? Whenever I took a banned books class in college, we read Fun Home, which is a graphic novel um, written by a lesbian woman about her growing up experience and coming out experience. And it just, it's frustrating because these are books that explore things that aren't talked about widely and they're giving people a safe space to explore their identity and they are allowing people's idea of what could be to expand. And I think that's what all literature is and does. I think that it expands our worldview and that's why it's so important. And so whenever books are banned or challenged, yeah, it's just like hard and frustrating because they're doing the opposite of what literature is supposed to do. I don't know. Yeah, that for sure is scary. Like, especially when you think of kids in public school libraries who maybe are growing up and not being exposed to a lot of things that would help them explore their identity. And then the one space that could and they could do it safely is the library. And that's being challenged at this moment. Just like even the idea of libraries. I don't know. Stuff being censored from them doesn't make sense. Because they're supposed to just be like free access to what's out there. Right. And so it's frustrating that people are trying to hinder that. Did you know that Ruby Carr <laughs> has been, like, banned in Texas libraries? Wait, really? Why? Because they talk about abuse in, like, a way that it's, like, this is, like, sexual abuse is bad, but it's, like, still, like, in the Explicit. book. And, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's so hard, too, because so much healing can happen through the individual experience of reading. Because reading is so independent yeah and it's such a personal experience private yeah that it yeah it creates this safe place for you to explore ideas 
and think critically for yourself, um, kind of without all of these outside voices telling you what to think about it. And I mean, that's why I love reading so much is it just creates this like quiet space for you to explore your own thoughts and ideas and beliefs. And so I think that it's such a shame that people are trying to ban things like talking about sexual abuse and, you know, gender identity because sometimes people need that private space to fully let it sink in and start the healing process. Yeah. I think that, like, it's also frustrating because so it is some of these LGBTQ books that explore, like, identity and stuff have parts that explore explicit sexual abuse or stuff like that that's being used as a scapegoat like they're using those passages of the books to challenge them of like you wouldn't want your kids to read this Mm. and they isolate it but it's part of a broader story and they're wanting a challenge because they don't want their kids to be gay but they're using that harsh wording (laughs) of that which is also an important like part of the story but it's frustrating because it's not the whole story right yeah it's taken out of context one last thing i'm going to talk about with you is cancel culture i think that the other extreme of these challenged books in conservative circles are canceled authors because that creates some sort of like stigma with reading some books but I think it's super important to read from all world views like even if an author is a shitty person say JK Rowling there's I still think there's value in their writing and so it's hard to kind of like there's so much self-policing and like internet policing that happens with reading authors like I want to start reading Charles Bukowski and not to like complain like why can't I read this problematic male author (laughs) but like I don't know I kind of am interested but he's been canceled in like my twitter circles and so it's like um I don't know I feel like that's another thing where it's like not quite a banned book but still like a level of censorship of not exposing yourself to more ideas just because of what other people think you should be reading no totally and it's definitely like a more subtle form of censorship Um, which I think is almost scarier because it's not so overt. It's not, you know, conservative saying, this book makes sex look fun. It's Mm -hmm. like your friends, the people you're close to, your community um, having an issue with an author. And that affects, again, like what is inside your circle and what you're exposed to. And so, yeah, I think that that's a very good point. person I'm talking to is Shelby, who is a public high school librarian in Austin, Texas. Thank you so much, Shelby, for joining me. I'm excited to talk with you about how banned books 
and recent controversies have affected you and how you interact with your collection and your students with the current climate? A lot of the students at my school are very aware of the, the climate right now in Texas. And even before it got so crazy or crazier, we've always had a banned books week where we celebrate the freedom to read in October. And it's a, it's a national celebration through the American Library Association. And I've done various things to promote that, you know, caution tape over books. Um, one year I wrapped them all. I think we wrapped them all. I don't remember, black paper, rough on paper, you know, you can't read these as a statement to the fact that you can, you should be able to, who's saying that you can't. And our English classes, they've had a, a unit where you select a brand book to read and then discuss why people feel so strongly about it or why they thought it should be banned. And, you know, it's just such a random list when you look through it of what gets challenged. But, you know, now it's pretty much just, you know, sexually too mature, LGBTQ, race, and those, I mean, it's just, it's unacceptable. And I've been so proud of my fellow librarians and of so many students and parents who have stepped up because are you aware of the freedom fighters that sort of started in Texas? Um, it sounds familiar, but yeah, can you go ahead and explain that? So some librarians, just immediately stepped up. One is a retired librarian from Westlake. One is a library director from a district here near Austin. And then another was a librarian near Dallas. And their main goal was to put together resources to support librarians who are going through this because mm -hmm. it's so emotional and it's so, it's scary. And you feel very strongly about the freedom of to read and of choice and of information. And so um, they, I guess, along with our, our state library association, have a hotline where if you find yourself, you know, with a book challenge, you have that support from people who've gone through it and who could just help you navigate it. That is such a great resource. Um... Have you had any challenges in your library? Like, have you had to use that hotline or something like it? I've only had informal challenges because I know if it ever happened to me, it would be so hard to not take it personally. If a parent chose to challenge a book, that's why I feel, you know, it's so important that you're prepared. But again, we've all sort of felt a little protected by the fact that we have board approved policy in place if someone should choose to challenge it. And it's terrifying then that all these school boards are ignoring all of that policy and just making these, you know, quick judgments. I mean, that's not how it should work. Yeah. But I've been, you know, I've been able, I keep, I think I keep I'm saying lucky too much, but I've been fortunate that when a parent has expressed concern about a title, a conversation has really been all all that's needed. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was really important. I took a children's librarianship class geared towards younger kids, but we did talk about book challenges and how to start the conversation. Like if you have an angry parent or like a concerned parent, I just thought that was really important for like how to handle that, 
have the policies in place so that you're not in a sticky situation. Because, you know, I hear what you're saying and then, you know, talking it through. And they've even um, some of the conferences I've been to recently, they've done even some kind of role playing. You know, someone's the parent. It was kind of funny at our Texas Library Association meeting in April. We have they have an after hours line of programming. And so the keynote speaker for the after hours was a drag queen, Alyssa, who's on RuPaul's Drag Show. So uh, Alyssa was actually talking about the climate and banning books. It was just like, what? And calls up the current president of our state association and they role played like he was the parent. She was the <laughs> librarian. And, you know, it, it's funny, but also, you know, educational. Yeah. Good practice. Good practice. And to even talk it through sort of in your head and know you're prepared should it happen. Can you talk more about building a collection in a public school? What are the restrictions or freedom that you have in that? It's still ultimately your decision of what ends up being purchased. But in my district, I mean, I have the autonomy. I'm building the collection for my library. And keeping in mind, you know, I want to have what the students want. Um, I want to, you know, make sure it's a diverse collection that we're representing all cultures, you know, I'm, and I'm still working on that. And I also just sort of think sometimes too, you know, we as librarians, we're not perfect, but in my, this is my going to be my 21st year as a librarian. And I can think of maybe fewer than five books where when they arrived, you sort of had a moment of, oh, that wasn't exactly what I thought that it was going to be. And um, sometimes it's just, maybe, a lot of times it's more like just a little more mature. I was in a middle school for a while. They're a tricky, it's a tricky age group because sixth graders are still so young, but eighth graders are ready for, for more. And um, there was one that it was recommended by the American Library Association, but a, a couple of the, I think the pictures in it, I thought, eh, maybe we'll wait. You know, in my experience with readers, you know, they're ready for what they're ready for. Like there are kids who read books, middle school library. Some of them may have included a few more mature themes, so to speak. And some of them didn't get it. They weren't ready for it. They'll come back to it. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, feel, of course, so strongly that it is so important that you have access to these books, but it's your choice. And that's the beauty of the library. It's your choice. No one's telling you to read any of these books. And books are really easy to close and put back for the next reader if it's not a good fit for you. Yeah, I really like that, the like agency in the reader, no matter what age they are. And us as adults, like, do you want to read every book that's out there? Is every book meant to be your favorite? No. I was just telling my dad about, I'm from a very small town. You know, I graduated with 48 people. And I think back on my library and it great experience and a great collection. And I remember reading a book about a family celebrating Hanukkah. I knew nothing about Hanukkah, but I've never forgotten that book. And you know, that I feel like that helped me learn a little bit more about other, other people than in my small little town. That's just this one little silly example, but that's the power of books. Yeah. For in the sure. same place. Cause yeah. our library director that we had in our district forever 
who is just one of the most amazing people. She finally retired after like, I forget how many years, 60. I mean, she was in the game for a very, very long time and very wise and just talking about so many heavy things and, you know, child abuse and things that do happen. You hope never happen to you, but it's not a bad thing to know that it can happen to others and read about it in a safe book. But if it's too much for you too too powerful at that moment, you shut the book, you know, like I said, you move on. Yeah. You have the power to like stop it and then go back to it when you're ready. Because I've been feeling for me in the library, like I said, these students aren't being required to check out any of these books. This is all choice. And the agency, like you said, is important for any age of kid. But the teachers are in an even different boat because it's not choice. So we know they're developing because that's what happened in some of these districts. It was more books that were chosen for like their English class for everyone to read that freaked people out. And in those cases, I, I think they still had some choice, but the parents didn't like any of the choices. <laughs> yeah, that's really disheartening. It must be so hard to do your job as a teacher or a librarian in any capacity that aligns with your values um, while dealing with all of that pushback. I said kind of I'm in a bubble, but it doesn't mean that it's not happening at other schools in Austin. Um, at an elementary school, a friend of mine, she's had quite the battle during our Pride Week, reading some picture books with LGBTQ themes. And it's just disappointing when there's such a, a battle about it. And unfortunately, at her school, she wasn't getting a lot of support from her administration but it takes away a lot of it takes a lot away from the point of the job and the other underlying thing is why aren't librarians professional judgment trusted this is what we do yeah I think that's what's so frustrating to me is that there's no trust that it is a safe place to explore these ideas and to like have guidance even if it is a heavy topic or like a controversial topic to like the librarian is there and had forethought when they were making the collection. And so that's so frustrating that people are just, they're putting these dangerous ideas in our kids' heads. Or that it's all pornography. Yeah. I'm like, it's so subjective. It's so self-righteous. And I don't have my own children, but I have been putting books in the hands of kids for a very long time. And I know that I would never do anything never choose anything that would, would hurt them. But I, I don't think it hurts them sometimes to expand their, their ideas and to be aware of others. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Mod Lips. And thank you to my guests, Tori and Shelby. It was really fun and insightful engaging with you on this topic. Now go read a book or don't. And I'll see you next time. Thank you.